Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, the Toronto Raptors are down in the Florida area. I don't think they've entered the bubble just yet, but we've seen some interviews, we've seen some things come out about how the players have sort of progressed over this long break. Some guys like Matt Thomas and Pascal Siakam, they've said they've never really touched a ball much over the over the break, but some guys have said they've really improved and uh uh, well, Terrence Davis has worked on his ball handling, his dribbling, and he's working on sh- shooting off the dribble. Uh, Chris Boucher has put on 15 pounds of weight. We've seen OG talk about how his he's trying to hit shots from different spots of the floor. These are guys that are going to be essential for the Toronto Raptors come playoff time, come this really condensed regular season. And who's the guy that's really you're looking out to see will be the potential X factor for the Raptors that may have improved over this time span? Ben, well, we're talking X factors, but we can't just skip over Pascal Siakam, the guy that we said hinges on our ability to win or not win series. He hasn't touched a ball, Ben. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much does that worry yeah. you? Before we even get into the conversation about who could come up, we I mean, we can both agree if Pascal Siakam is not on his game every series, the Raptors don't stand a chance, right? He needs to at least be yeah. a top three guy, if not the number one guy. So how much does this worry you? You know what he's the comments that he's made now about his off season, or uh, I'm putting air quotations his off season. It's a bit concerning now. Siakam's game obviously he's much improved his three point shot this year, and that's a thing that really goes away. I feel like if you haven't touched a basketball for a long time, but Siakam's real intangibles and the his best attributes are his ability to sort of post up and finish around the rim and hustle and use that energy play. So. Even though I'm concerned because, as you said, he's got to be our top one, two, three guy. Probably top one in terms of scoring because Lowry's probably our best player in the sense of all-roundedness and all that sort of stuff. But Siakam has been our our main bucket getter this season. And if he's not being able to hit the threes like he was, like he struggled with at times in the playoffs last year. And then we saw teams sort of sag off him and sort of... Play, play to his uh, play to his strengths, and so to speak. You know, he needs to be able to hit that three point yeah, shot. Yeah, well, so his his it's motor. It's a little bit worrisome. What his motor, mm-hmm. Ben? It, it, you're right. It's his best aspect and his ability to finish in the post. But you you think about the potential series for the Toronto Raptors, the Bucks, the 76ers, the mm-hmm. Miami Heat, all teams in the regular season that have virtually shut down Pascal Siakam's bread and butter game. So he's going to need to be able to stretch the floor to make defenders come up on him outside the perimeter so that he has the ability to do the things right that he that he's the best at. So I, I, that yeah. still worries me a bit. And you're right about Kyle Lowry, best all-around player. And if he says he's not getting up shots during this break, <laughs> then we're definitely ruined because I would assume that he's been, you know, he gets up plenty of shots throughout the regular season and we still worry about his inconsistencies at times. Yeah, for sure. But those those are guys that if they're not performing, we're we're we don't have a chance, right? Our main guys. But we brought up sort of the the X factor, so to speak. And you know who who's the guy that, that takes you that's really interests you with the the things that have come out. Well, OG OG stands out to me the most. If you say he's looking to mm-hmm. hit, he's looking to practice select shots, right? That's the one thing that yep. we want the most from OG Ananobi. We we know his game is not he he's down enough in terms of play calling that we don't really need him to be a shot creator. It would be nice if at some point yep. he would draw a little bit more attention from the defense. But he's a guy that has the opportunity to hit corner threes very frequently, right? Wing shots at mm-hmm. times, and we've put him we've put him in the three and D box, and we know he's capable of more. 
But for this season, I think it would be incredibly important if he did work on that three and has the ability to be a a knockdown shooter because then you can create spacing for guys like Pascal Siakam, right? But yeah, that that's a yeah. Yeah, chime in, chime in, chime in. Yeah, that that's that's essential, right? OG Ananobi, we've seen him. He he shoots a high percentage from the three point line, but you know we've seen he's talking about shooting shots from different spots on the floor, and you know as you mentioned, he's he's killer from the corners, sometimes above the break, especially off the dribble, he really struggles. The mid range, I don't think I've ever seen OG make a mid range shot in his Raptors career or take one. So really, really, when you think about no, like it, like floaters so, and runners, that's it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that like that's that's his mid range game, right? Those those little push shots or whatever even he doesn't really take many of those either right so if he's able to sort of ex make his game expand his game that's that's the wording i was looking for expand his game a little bit be that sort of creator on the wing break out of that mold of just a three and d guy because he's been really good at the three and d ability this season he's really come into his own in those aspects but if he can knock down shots from maybe the mid mid, from mid-range maybe from off the dribble and he's also talked about his handle getting a lot tighter as well and i've been saying it for since he was a rookie once he gets his handle tight we could see especially with his athleticism we're going to see a new and improved og if he's not fibbing about the the handle being cleaner do you remember what school he came from ben i it's on the tip of my tongue but I indiana indiana Indiana. and i remember because we when we're reviewing his highlights obviously much shorter season before he was yeah because of the acl injury and um Mm -hmm. i mean he had some just incredible dunks down the lane off the dribble Mm -hmm. like right in the you know he's he's just charging down mid mid-key and just skies he had so many impressive dunks if he could do that in the nba he still how often do we comment through the regular season that his physical stature is just much greater than everybody else on the court most often than not right especially slots one Mm -hmm. through four right obviously not centers but he would he should still have that physical dominance to be able to rise up and challenge anybody above the rim so if he had the ability to maybe improve his quickness and this is obviously not what he said that he was working on but if he could improve his quickness tighten up his ball handling a little bit get those shots off the dribble but even just attack the basket a little bit more aggressively i think that he would be a great player but i mean maybe that's wishful thinking maybe that's a couple seasons down the line i don't know but ben but but while OG does excite me, we got to talk about the man Chris Boucher, I think would be the X factor. What are your thoughts? First thoughts on him putting on some weight this offseason. Or again, yeah, off Boucher, season, well, this break. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we don't even know what to call this thing at this point. It's basically an offseason. But, you know, just to build off your point, OG, remember we saw him in that Brooklyn Nets game and when the one that we ended up going to, right? He looked like the biggest thickest most physical specimen on the court so you know and we that, were up in the nosebleeds you know, looking at his calves yeah we saying, were, look at that calf yeah we were in the nosebleeds <laughs> <laughs> those calves were bigger than the basketball right so og's got the vert he's got everything so that paired with the handle would be great but some a player as you brought up that's getting to be that physical specimen chris boucher right putting on 15 pounds of weight chris boucher is a forward if he can bang down low. It was the one worry we've had about him, and it's it's significant because he is a thinner framed guy. Slim, his nickname is Slim Duck for a reason, right? But he's a guy that hits threes. He's a guy that does. He's a hustler on rebounding. He sometimes gets bullied out of the way, but you know he's always hustling. He has an act for getting the basketball, even if he is a little bit undersized. He's a great rim protector despite being underweight, right? We're all we're saying all these things, 
and then we have to preface it by saying, despite being underweight, if he puts on a little bit of mass and continues to have that energy, that vert, that wingspan that he has, paired with that three-point jumper, right, that's that's a, a, an ideal stretch big man in the NBA. Yeah, definitely, because we look at guys that he would match up against. He's not coming off the bench guarding the center, right, the starting center of an opposing team, usually. But even a guy, if I yeah. look at the 76ers series... Really, the 76ers series, even if even if Tobias Harris... Well, Tobias Harris not even on the 76ers anymore, is he? No, he is. No, he, he is. is. Yeah, even they if Tobias Harris and, uh, slipped up to five, he still seems to have more weight than Chris Boucher, right? So if Chris yep. Boucher could all of a sudden put on a bit of weight so that he can, exactly as you said, just bang down in the, in the low block, down the post, hold his own on defense. We already know he has this uncanny ability to be above the rim to to see when shots are coming in, to be a good shot blocker. He's had some emphatic blocks throughout the regular season. If he could actually match the physicality of the guys that he would most likely, you know, play against during the 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 postseason, right? The 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 Miamis, right? The the mm-hmm. the Bucks, yep. the 76ers, all those big centers that they have, then he could actually be a player that one is invaluable, and two, especially if we have a guy like Marc Gasol or a Bach or whatever that needs to play limited minutes for any sort of situation that might come up. Yeah, no, it's it's that that's the big question about him, right? Because he has the intangibles, he has all those sorts of skills, but and we've seen him be able to match up against some bigger guys. When we beat the Lakers this season, he uh, had that tremendous game against Montrezl Harrell and the Clippers, even though we ended up losing that game. But he's shown an ability to go up against these guys, even though at times he does get pushed around and stuff. But that's his one weakness. That's his one thing on obviously like ball handling and stuff. He he's you know not like a, a guard at the the center power forward position. He's not a point forward, but. He can shoot the three, he has a knack for blocking, rebounding, all that sort of stuff, and a bit of weight on him would just make him a complete player, and I think it would be impossible to keep him out of the rotation in the playoffs if he, you know, does come back stronger and bigger. Would you agree with that? Oh, wait, Ben, I'll tell you what. If he had the ability to consistently box out larger centers or power forwards, there's no reason to to keep him out of the rotation at 100% mm-hmm. because we've never had an issue with his game besides his size, right? He yep, He's the exactly. classic tall, lanky, lamp post player where if he turns sideways, you, you lose sight of him. That's, you know, so if he put on a little bit of muscle <laughs> and he's able to, to hold his own. Definitely. Definitely, Ben. But we <laughs> but we can't we can't forget about Terrence Davis either. To me, if you would agree... Chris Boucher is the X factor. He he's the I guy. The the one thing the one thing before we talk about Terrence Davis though, and this is a question I wanted to pose to you, right? Because right. if Chris Boucher is in the rotation, and you know we're not running 10, 11 guys, we're I, running eight, I suppose, eight during this. Eight. Yeah, we're running eight, <laughs> right? That that pushes a guy like Rondé Hollis Jefferson out of there because we're not we're not pushing Serge or or Marcus All out of the rotation. Would you want to see Boucher in there over Rondé? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, Definitely? you might be surprised. Rondé's your fan. guy, though. Yeah, but Rondé's exactly, your guy. Yeah, yeah you might. Exactly, you might. I'm like an onion, Ben. Layers. They're, they, Rondé's my guy. He's my guy. And he's the, he is the he's the motor, right? And we saw how good, mm-hmm. um, oh, what's his name was on the Houston Rockets? The Manimal. What was his name? Uh, Kenneth Reed. Yeah, we saw how good Kenneth Reed was for that one postseason stretch on the Rockets. But ultimately... He played out of the rotation, and contracts were probably an issue as well. But 
because he didn't offer anything besides motor. And Chris Boucher, he offers motor, but also ability to get above the rim and to be able to knock down that perimeter shot. And as much as I love Rondé, I liked him more than Chris Boucher because at least he had the physical ability to keep up with guys that he was defending. Yep. But, I mean, if you look at all-around game, Chris Boucher has more to offer. And so if he's able to then, yeah. you know, beef up his stature and be more physical and take it down low, of course, of course you'd want to play Boucher over, over Rondé Hollis Jefferson. No offense to him, and I love For the sure. guy. Definitely. Yeah. And it, and Rondé was a little bit of a worry, too, in the playoffs because when you have a guy that just can't shoot the three, they just they don't even guard him. Just like what we did to Simmons last season against the Sixers, right? You just completely sag off in the paint and you don't even have to guard him. So it'd be tough for Rondé to really play in a seven-game series against a really good defense, but he could be, you know, Rondé could be a, a very dark horse X-factor, I think, for the team because... Maybe we get lethargic down there and uh, down there in well, Florida. Well, he's still good teams. for small Maybe ball. Maybe he's still good for stuff. small ball. If it yeah, gets exactly. Really small. Like Rondé's against like yeah, the Celtics. And the skill so. that Rondé's. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Rondé's ability to pass too, as a, you know, Nick Nur- Nick Nurse has been running Rondé at the five at times because, as you said, the hustle and that sort of stuff. His ability to pass and all that, you know, it's a it's an interesting look. And he can get offensive rebounds too. Let's not discredit him there. Yeah. He's not a tall guy, but he he. Did a good job in getting those sort of Dennis Rodman-esque tip rebounds where he just gets his hand up to poke the ball away so, you know, the big guy can't grab it and send it out a little bit. But, Ben, we do need to talk about Darren Stavis before this podcast wraps up because although he's not my X Factor, to have – I mean, what was he? He was maybe one of the quintessential pick-and-roll guys on the team, let alone one of the, Mm -hmm. you know, the sparkier shooters and – one of the big motivating factors off the bench. If he could tighten up his ball handling, what sort of impact would he have come playoff time? Well, well, TD's a guy that's just completely shocked us. We thought he'd be a diamond in the rough this offseason, but he, he's come in and been that like backup backup guard with Fred Van Vliet and uh, Kyle Lowry obviously starting, Norm being the backup two guard, and he's not taking Norm's minutes. But if TD can come in and, as a rookie, because he, he's been talking about the ball handling, as you mentioned, pl- running the offense, mastering the pick and roll, working on these sorts of things, becoming a more reliable shooter, being that secondary ball handler on the court. If he can do those things that rookies usually struggle with in a really structured game, because that's always the worry. That's why you don't usually see young players play in the playoffs, right? Especially if they're ball handling guys, especially if they have to be decision makers. We've seen TD be good at that, but that's been his main focus. And that could have been a, a thing to be worried about, so to speak, if we're trying to make another championship run. We saw how experience and guys, even Norman Powell struggled with his inconsistency last year. And we're hoping that will be, well, he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. So I have no worries on that front. But the fact that he's taken a direct, taken a direct focus upon that and, you know, being calm, ball handling, pick and roll, running an offense, and being able to give guys like Fred Van Viet, Kyle Lowry, maybe if one of them, as we said, we it's unpredictable if players will get hurt or if they'll be out for the if they're sick or whatever. We we're not really sure about how deep we'll have to go with the with the Toronto Raptors team, especially with the injuries we've had. But the fact that TD has sort of been working and focusing on those shortcomings that rookies usually have, it's a really encouraging sign for the Raptors. This is what I think of Terrence Davis, though in this playoff situation as the Raptors have been plagued by injuries. They've had an extended break now to mend, to relax, to take therapy, to focus on their bodies. 
I think we should come back. The Raptors should come back. Nobody's pledged not to play. Everybody seems to be in. They should come back with the top guys being healthy. And there was already a pretty mm-hmm. pre-established top eight, especially if we're counting Norman Powell in, and especially considering we're not extremely deep. Norm's definitely in there. Yeah, he's definitely in, and we're not extremely yeah. deep on the uh, power forward center positions when you go into the bench. And, uh, you know, you could toss anybody out on a given night. You could put Terrence Davis in. You could put Matt Thomas in. What, you, whatever you want, right, from your backup guard mm-hmm. positions. And especially if you're playing an eight-man rotation, it's going to come down to Patrick McCaw, right? So I think that it's good yep. that he's developing those things, and it could be valuable, but other negatives would have to happen before you rely on Terrence Davis because it's exactly like you say, the inconsistencies come playoff time really shows when, For rookies, they're, yeah. Yeah, when they're younger. And there was mm-hmm. a steady decline, it seemed to me, and you'd have to fact-check me here in order to prove me wrong, I guess. The last... 20 games I'd say of the regular season Terrence Davis was not as spectacular as the opening of the regular season he seemed to sort of not fizzle out that he was unplayable but he he, you know he had a couple of great games and then he kind of came back down to reality Ben yep I I think the start of the season he was like consistently a a top guy but yeah I kind of agree but he did have some solid games I think it was more inconsistency and that's probably one of the main reasons he was focusing on the stuff that really makes you a steady player consistently played and you brought up a name that has been controversial among among Raptors land is Patrick McCaw and obviously he's a three-time champion experienced guy even though he is not super old like I wouldn't consider him a veteran but who would you rather have sort of manning that offense at the backup point guard spot? Because obviously, we're, we're rarely going to have not Lowry or Fred Van Vliet on the court, and they're going to be running point when they're out there. But would you rather see TD be manning that, that primary ball position? Or would you rather be, would you have more trust in a guy like McCaw, who maybe doesn't have the same highs that a Terrence Davis has, but does have, even though you know people have kind of trashed on his jumper and these sorts of things, he has he does do all of the little things, all of the defensive things, all of the sort of ball hand uh, all of the play offensive moving and cutting and all those things consistently. So who would you rather see get those opportunities? T D or Patrick McCaw? Well, Patrick McCaw does something, Ben, and I'll and I'll tell you what that something is. You'd hope that what he brings is experience <laughs> and know how, because he's certainly not a veteran, but he's taken his run through the playoffs is that on the pod no, we're, we're, we're good. good all right so what he brings we're just gonna keep rolling it's fine so we'll keep it in there so what he brings is you would hope experience and the reason terrence davis was better throughout the regular season than patrick mccall is just because he had the confidence to take the big shots right but terrence Davis has never been in the playoffs before is he still gonna have that same confidence when he goes out and misses his first three or misses two threes in a row to keep shooting I don't know, right? Maybe you got to give him a couple games to see, and maybe you don't even want to give him that much runway. Whereas Patrick McCaw, you'd hope he's been through the ringer enough times, right? He This will be his fourth rodeo. Yeah, so you'd hope that he'd go out and wouldn't care if he misses a shot or two shots. But mm-hmm. the, the only challenge with him is we didn't see any time throughout the regular season where he was willing to take up good shots, right? He He was very passive, I found, as a player. So I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one, Ben. What do you think? It's interesting. I think I'd rely on McCaw sort of if everything's going right. If we have Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, 
you know, these players playing the way that they did in the regular season, they're they're not super rusty, and that's a video whole video in itself. We probably we talked about Siakam at the beginning of the 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 podcast, but we could probably talk about the guys that could come back really rusty. But if our offense is flowing smoothly and our bucket getters are out there, I think I'd run with McCaw because as you mentioned, there's there's le- you know what you're getting from Patrick McCaw. It's not necessarily an outburst of offense, but he's a huge plus in terms of being a, f- a rhythm guy on an offensive team. Even though he never got a lot of minutes in those e- any of those championship runs, whenever he was out there, he didn't do anything poorly. I remember watching a. I was I, looking back at. I didn't think Patrick McCaw played that much, but he did get a few important minutes in that uh, NBA final series against the Warriors. He knocked down some threes. Which is uh, which is encouraging, especially where he's more of a rotation guy this season. I think I'd rely on McCaw, but that and might he's be been, a, he he made yep. it to the finish line three times in a row. What yep. on earth could this guy possibly be nervous about in a playoff <laughs> series? Whereas <laughs> Terrence Davis has something to prove. You'd hope put Patrick McCaw out there. What do you what do you have to be nervous? What do you have to be ashamed about? You have literally nothing to prove, right? You you would yep. hope that that not confidence, but you hope that that just level headedness would shine through if anything because you know he still has ball handling ability when we played him at the point for those couple of games I, I did make the, or we both made the comment he looks like he actually could be a decent playmaker right not a yep. finisher but a decent playmaker so i don't know i'm so excited ben i'm so excited for the playoffs to come as it keeps getting closer i know there's little rumbles about maybe it it, it could get postponed or delayed or canceled and uh i mean certainly they gotta do what's safe but as we seem to get closer to the date and the the news gets more positive and more positive then i i'm just i'm so excited for for basketball to begin again most definitely hope hopefully it all comes back we're hoping for the best the raptors will keep you everyone posted on all the raptors news here you're the best for making it as far check out the twitter the instagram all that cool stuff Riker, any last words same for me ben cheers bang bang <laughs>